Please turn in your Bibles this evening to the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, and verse 16. That one verse is going to be our text for the, the message tonight. I think I could almost call it a devotion. You know, um, sometimes we'll, we'll have a Bible study where I'll try to cram an hour's worth of information into 30 minutes and, and you don't seem to, to touch on uh, enough of it for a length of time to, to really get it. And then, you know, you, you can't go wrong with being as simple as possible when, when sharing the Word of God. And, and so in saying that, you know, we, we have some studies that I have planned for the future, probably the Wednesday after the, the Grand Prix. So in two weeks, we, we may start a study and the messages may be completely different. But you, you just might consider this a long devotion tonight. And I pray it blesses your heart and, and, and helps you out as it has helped me out. But I, I want to talk about grace tonight. I, I guess last week we kind of talked about grace for saving. Speaking of different messages on a Wednesday night, you might have thought that I figured everybody was lost on a Wednesday night at Bible study. But I don't think that. But God just laid on my heart an evangelistic message. And so we could have called that grace for saving. And we're going to talk about grace again tonight, though. But we're going to talk about grace for the Christian once we've been saved. How about we just consider some thoughts on grace for living this evening? You know, the truth is, many children of God are experiencing a spiritual power problem in their everyday life. You know, that we, we hear of so many powerful testimonies of Jesus Christ in a life uh, in the past, but, you know, what about today? What about the power of Christ seen in lives today? When the power of Christ is seen in someone's life, it's, it's very uplifting. It's very encouraging. It's very effective to the, those around us in a positive way. When the power of Christ is being lived in someone's life, it's very contagious. It, it makes someone want a walk like they have. The power of Christ will have us meet, uh, reaching out to meet needs, to give comfort, to help in all kinds of ways. When we're walking in the power of Christ, it'll, it'll send us to the drunkard. It'll send us to the drug addict to tell them of how mighty Jesus is to save. Who is living in the power of Christ today? Who is bearing a testimony for Jesus Christ? Who is winning souls to Christ. The Bible says, He that winneth souls is wise. This is something that our everyday lives are to be about. Who is doing these things? Well, those who are not limiting the grace of God in their lives. You know, there are certain verses in the Bible through the Psalms, and it just 
it just kind of defines that psalm to you. When, when you th- hear the 78th psalm, you think of a certain verse, and, and that verse is verse 41. But, but as I consider that word that, that we just used, limiting, those who are not limiting the grace of God in their lives are seeing the power of God in their lives. And that in the 78th Psalm, it speaks of the children of Israel, and it speaks of them in skimming this as a, as a stubborn and a rebellious generation. Their heart was not set aright. Their spirit was not steadfast with God. They kept not the covenant of God. They refused to walk in His law. They sinned against God, it says. They tempted God. They refused uh, to walk in His law. They spake against God. They believed not. They trusted not. They flattered and lied. They provoked Him in the wilderness, and they grieved Him in the desert. And then it goes to verse 41, and it says, They turned back and tempted God, and limited the Holy One of Israel. Could God ever be limited? I guess the people's answer would be no. But the children of Israel limited uh, the Holy One of Israel in their lives. You know, and we're told of all of these things in the Old Testament. They are for our learning. So that we do not limit the grace of God in our lives. We can have all of His grace that we could ever need. Life doesn't work out well without living in this grace. Daily experience of the grace of God. Yet there are many who are living without a full measure of it. There are those who have been saved by grace and they're not thinking about grace on a daily basis not considering God's grace every morning when we wake up. You know, the more of God's grace that we experience, the more of it there's going to be able to be going out to others. Think about it. That that experience of grace... It's for God to use for His glory. He wants to fill our lives with it, and He wants to do things with it. Living by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, it affects ourselves, it affects our families, and it affects others all around us. It's it's a fruitfulness that we're to have to others that comes from His grace. But if we're not asking for a continual supply of His grace... How can we give it to others? Little can be accomplished toward others without experiencing God's grace, without being mindful of it, without talking to Him about it. In our our trials, we consider our trials. We we love to to get together and to realize we all have trials. Trials. We, we, we bear our burden of our trial in, in prayer request, and, and our trials try to consume our minds, and we do think about them. And what we're really needing for our trials is more grace in our lives, and it's available. We need more grace for, for our homes, our home life, for our jobs, for the daily trials, the daily troubles that come our way. We 
We need more of God's grace. All it takes to lower the effectiveness of a life in Christ is to have that life, not asking for the grace of God. You know, we, we consider the grace of His salvation. We, we're, we, we want to see our loved ones saved by God's grace. We, we pray that, that God will just bring power from the pulpit. Whenever, whenever we get our loved ones to church, whenever we get our friends to church, or, or a co-worker actually accepts our invite, and, and oh, we get them to church, and, and that's it. We, want, we just want to see God moving from the pulpit in such a way uh, through the preacher that, that there is a, a powerful message of God's salvation that would come forth. But how about the grace and a personal practice of our lives as well around them? Look, a powerful sermon from the pulpit, that's, that's great, and we need that. And we need those with an evangelistic heart to want to bring others to church. It's, excited. it's exciting to bring others to church, that they might hear the gospel, that they might be saved. That's, that's their only chance is to share the gospel with them. But when there's a, a, a picture sermon in our lives of God's grace in our lives, that coupled together with the, the preaching of the Word, that's going to be a powerful combination to the saving of a soul. What happens, these things that happen, whenever we are, are sensitive to our need for God's grace, when we're asking for His grace every day, when we desire to see souls saved, when we need help for our problems, when we're hoping for things to get better at work, what we're really desiring, what we're really wanting, whether we realize or not, is more of the grace of God. We're not earning uh, the privilege of having these things be better, but by God's grace they will. And, and so that's what we're really wanting is more of God's grace. And we need greater experiences of God's grace now. We need to be filled with God's grace now. I mean today... God's grace is for this day that we're in, for us to experience it right here, right now, today. And I say that because we can't live on yesterday's grace. And I say that because it's a rut that we're very tempted to move into sometimes. Sometimes we live in yesterday's grace as if it's better than the grace God offers today for us. I mean, there's a reminiscing that takes place of, of oh, in this church or, or this time in my spiritual life, wow, God was moving so great and, and man, these mountains moved out of the way and God did this and God did that. And that same grace is here for us today. We need to think about today's grace. Now, now, don't get me wrong. As I thought about this this week, it, it sent me back to, to when the Lord saved me. And I was overwhelmed with His grace. And, and I think, think of at least three trials that, that came upon my life as a babe in Christ. And, and God took me through them. Look, there's nothing wrong with glancing back. Because when we glance back and do see what God did... We, we know that He'll take us through whatever we're headed to. So there's nothing wrong with that. But 
But when we're consumed with, with grace 20 years ago, and we're stuck there, and we're not thinking about the grace that God has for us today, look, that we have a present grace problem. We're not acknowledging it if we're lost in yesterday. If all of our joy and our peace and our wonderful fellowship was yesterday, look, we're just neglecting the grace that God has for us today. Let's make sure we're not thinking of yesterday's grace more than today's grace because God has grace today for us. The Word of God doesn't tell us to live in former grace. God's Word says, grow in grace. That means there's grace right now. That means there's grace tomorrow that we might grow therein. You know, we need to treat God's grace like it's daily bread. Jesus taught us how to pray by saying, give us this day our daily bread. The Israelites, they they weren't allowed to store up bread. If they tried to take more than what they needed, it was going to spoil. It was going to go bad. So it was daily bread that they got, except for uh, when it came to the Sabbath day. They could could have two days worth then. But But it was daily bread that they were to get. And, And we don't ask for a year's worth of grace and leave it alone. God's grace is not an annual event in our lives. It's not something we just talk to God about once a year and thank God for once a year or praise Him for and give testimony of grace annually. This is a daily topic of conversation with God. He he wants to hear about His grace from us. And it's a humbling thing. It's a humbling process. He wants us to be in a humble place of seeing our need for it every morning when we wake up, and asking for that grace, for that inexhaustible fuel that we need for our lives. We're to draw upon our account of grace daily as we need it, and we need to be asking for it. And how encouraging is it when we stop just to think about His grace, and we know that it's going to be there. God's going to have grace for us. I have a couple of dogs at the house, and I I get my dogs from, I always, throughout my life, I've got them from shelters. And I don't know what kind of past some of them had. It wasn't good, though. I have one, and she eats, and she's full. She walks away, and the other dog eats. And she's as disturbed as she can be at that other dog eating the food. She has walked away from her meal for 18 months thinking that that's the last one every time. She doesn't think there's going to be another one. She wants to stop the dog from eating. She, she, she thinks it's not going to be there anymore. God's grace is so encouraging just, just, to, be, just to meditate on it. It's going to be there. God has has continuous grace for us. It's an endless, it's a never-ending supply that He has for us. And nothing can stop it. We can can hinder the experience of it in our lives, but ultimately, nothing can stop God's grace. On the the north side of the San Jacinto River here, 
the, those people that live on the water, for years they used to pump water from the river to, to water their lawns. And people have large, you know, lots over there. And, and so they, they just watered it from the river. That was, that, was better than, that was better than city water for the yard. Everything was looking great. And then all of a sudden Houston annexed that north side and cut off that supply. Man, they just, I mean, the, the water went back down to the river. They weren't really hurting anything, but Houston said, no, you're going to pay for that water now. And that supply got cut off, but nothing can stop the grace of God. We never have to fear exhausting the grace of God. Nothing can stop its flow into our lives. And this is what we need for our everyday lives. In, a, in, in the time of trouble, in a time of fretfulness, in a time of pain, in a time of sorrow, it's, it's grace that's sufficient for us. Some things are never taken away. We have to deal with some things throughout our entire lives, but His grace is sufficient to take us through it. Some, some things, praise the Lord, they... They do go move on. I, I spoke of three trials that I went through after I was saved, and, and those things are, are behind me now because of His grace. But there are other things that we just might have to deal with the rest of our lives, but God's grace is sufficient. It's going to be there, and nothing can stop it in our lives. Only we can hinder it, but there nothing can stop it. So we're instructed here in the text, to come boldly before the throne of grace. It says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Do you read that and you see that this it's always there? It's always available to us. Come boldly before the throne of grace. As children to a father, go to your father for the good things that you need. We need His grace, that we may find His grace that we need. You know, His, His grace, it never disappoints. He may not give us, well, He's not going to give us everything we want. But it still doesn't disappoint because He's going to give us everything we need. He sometimes gives us the desires of our heart if He knows it's okay. But He's not going to give us everything we want because though we want it and it looks good, sounds good to us, it may hurt us. And God knows if it may hurt us. You know, He knows us better than we know ourselves. And he obviously knows what the future outcome would be of what he would give to us. And where we couldn't see anything wrong with it at all, God knows if something would hurt us. So God, by His grace, He doesn't give us everything we want, but He gives everything that we need. Grace is not a cotton candy happiness kind of offer to us. You know, cotton candy is sweet, but it doesn't last. You put it in your mouth, boom, it's gone. Very short-lived. I'll never forget, forget the first time I had that. I was, where did it go? What happened? 
I'm at the carnival, and I, man, that's, that's the most exciting thing it looks like to eat. And, and, I, and I didn't even remember it. It's gone. It's a, it's, a, it's a short experience. The world's pleasures offer a cotton candy experience. Don't expect it to be profitable. Don't expect it to last long. But grace experience gives access to resources that override circumstances on the outside. That's, I, when, when, I, when I read that, I thought, Man, that's a good definition right there. Grace experience gives access to resources that override circumstances on the outside. Amen. Somebody's going, yeah, that, that's what I need. That's what I need. God's grace. That's what we need every day in our lives. The Lord may not bring a, a certain person into our lives. The Lord may not bring certain possessions to use or even to enjoy or to have in our lives, but He will always give grace for the problem in our lives, whatever that may be. Paul says to the church at Philippi, My God shall supply all your need. And, and Paul had been speaking of his material need met, his, his physical needs that were met. The church met his need over and over again. So, so we don't leave that out. He's, go, he's going to take care of food. He's going to take care of clothes on our back. And he gives us even more than that. But he's going to give enough grace to make it through every trial. Do you know that? Great. Do you believe that? Real good. Do you experience that even better? You're experiencing it because you ask Him for grace and you're trusting Him that He gives it to you. The God of all grace. Let us know Him and let us know this grace more than ever. We need it tonight. All it takes is for us to go to Him and ask. To ask Him for His grace. And He wants to give it. He desires to give it. Ask Him for it daily. There's a verse about daily that comes to my mind. Deuteronomy 33.25 says, As thy days, so shall thy strength be. Daily. God, you know I need your grace today. Every day. Asking Him for His grace. It's amazing what grace does in our lives. There's, when preachers go out of town to preach revivals, a, a church and a pastor will have the preacher come in and, you know, he's the pastor of the community and, and he takes the pastor to breakfast in the mornings and he preaches in the evenings. And what happens a lot of times is that, that community pastor will have somebody on their heart. Well, old brother so-and-so, this happened to him and that happened to him, and he's, he's not in the work of God anymore. Could you go over there and see him and, and see if you can reach him for the Lord? Get him back in church. He was a deacon, and he's, he's just gone now, and he, he needs to be back in church. So, so a lot of preachers plan on preaching at night and going around and ministering, during the day to the hand-picked burdens of the pastor in town. And, 
And so the pastor goes out and, and you know, he wants to help. Maybe God will use him and, and maybe he's not only there for a revival but, and souls be saved, but praise the Lord, maybe, maybe somebody who wouldn't even come will be restored back to the Lord in fellowship and back in the church. And so, so the preacher sends this man out one day and he said, there, there's a fellow I want you to, he came into town for revival and he said, there's a fellow I want you to go talk to. He's bedridden. He's been bedridden a long time. He had a fall, and he hurt his back terribly, and he broke his back, and he's bedridden. They might have been able to do something about that today, but this was a long time ago. And he had fallen and broken his back, and, and this preacher goes out to try to comfort this man who, who lives his life in a bed. And that preacher ended up leaving comforted and encouraged by the man with a broken back. He was a teenager when he suffered that break of his back, and, and here he was in his mid-50s. He, is, he had literally lived his life in a, in a bed with a broken back. Anytime they moved him, it was suffering. This man suffered every day. He was in his mid-50s. He, he had suffered for about 40 years every day, bedridden with his back in the condition that it was in. He said, if you'd asked me when this happened, if, you'd, if I could have known what my life was going to be like, there's no way I would have thought I was going to make it. I'm glad I didn't know. And he encouraged the preacher it's one of those stories the preacher never forgot. He said, that man asked for God's grace every day, he told me. He said, I ask for God's grace every day, and he gives it to me. And I live in the grace of God. And that preacher, after talking with this man, thought he was in the presence of one of the most highly favored children of God that he had because of grace. It made the preacher feel like he was closer to heaven, closer to heaven than he had ever been when he was talking to this man. And he, he said his face might, have been, might as well have been shining with the glory of heaven the way he gave testimony and talked to me and encouraged me. I mean, he, he not only wasn't complaining, but this man was laying there rejoicing to this preacher. And the preacher had to glean from him. He had to glean from him. He said, don't you ever doubt God? Do, do you ever? They had such a conversation where he felt comfortable to say, when you see people walking around and you're like this... Do you ever doubt God? You, are you tempted to doubt God? You get discouraged? Or are you tempted to discouragement? He said, oh, sure I am. The devil tempts me all the time. And the, the preachers wanted to know for himself. He said, what, did you, what do you do about it? What do you do in those cases? And this bedridden man said, oh, I just take the devil up to that cross. He had a fright there a little over 2,000 years ago. And every time he comes along... I just take him up to that cross and he doesn't stay around very long. He, he leaves. He flees from me. 
He comes back. But when He comes, Lord willing, if I'm, if I'm living in the grace of God, I'm going to take Him back to that cross. And He's not going to want to be around too long. The preacher concluded within himself that the man didn't have much trouble with doubt because he was so full of God's grace. Let us come boldly to God for all the help and the strength that we need. Not one of us have to fail. Not one of us have to fall. Because God, in His mighty everlasting arm, He'll lift us up. He will hold us up and He will keep us as He promises. The grace of God, it's going to bring us safely through. And, we're, and again... We're talking about something that's, that's always going to be there and nothing can stop it in our lives. Nothing but us. God forbid we hinder this abundant grace that He wants to give to our lives. You know, somebody said we need grace to see our need for grace. I mean, it all starts with grace. We need grace to ask for grace. We need grace to use the grace that God gives. But God always gives it. He gives it and He gives it more and more. And I'm just simply going to, to close this right here and uh, share a word of rhyme with you on this. It's, it says, He giveth more. He giveth more grace when the burdens grow greater. He sendeth more strength when the labors increase. To added affliction, He addeth His mercy. To multiplied trials, His multiplied peace. When we have exhausted our store of endurance, when our strength has failed ere the day is half done, when we reach the end of our hoarded resources, our Father's full giving is only begun. His love has no limit, his grace has no measure, His power no boundary known unto men. For out of His infinite riches in Jesus, He giveth and giveth and giveth again. I tell you what, it makes a big difference where we put our focus. If our focus is on our trials, if our focus out of our eyes is on what seems impossible and this is just stuck and nothing good's going to come out of this. What can, happen? What can heal this? What can help this? We can, we, our focus can be there or our focus can be on the grace of God and asking for His grace. Nothing, nothing will cons consume God's grace. God's grace is it's greater than all of our sin. It's, it's greater to help for any burden that comes our way. It, it, and as we consider this, and, and of course we know God's grace is unmerited favor, where we can't earn any of His grace, then we, then, we, then we think about the gospel of grace. The gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ is all about grace. Jesus dying on the cross, taking our place, suffering for our sin, being buried and raised again, man, that is a free gift of grace to anyone who will receive it. And that, 
The, the, only, the only right way to see it is as this free gift. For the wages of sin is death. Sin pays in death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So as we Christians, we need to be encouraged by this grace for us to live in, but maybe someone might be saved by God's grace tonight. Maybe you see that it's grace in the plan of God's salvation to save you. And if you see yourself a sinner tonight and understand that, that we've offended a holy God, but that Jesus Christ took the punishment and He paid our fine, He'll set you free from your sin if you will take Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I trust Him to save me from my sins tonight. He'll do that for you. And I pray you don't leave this building before, before you trust Him to do that. And I'd be glad to help you with the Word of God. So would others around here. That, that you would be saved, that you would become a Christian. We don't become a Christian because we live in a certain place. We don't become a Christian because we've had family that went to church. It's a personal thing that happens between us and God. Only through His Son, Jesus Christ. He gave His life for you. He loves you tonight. And He wants to save you tonight. And, and again, Christian, once He saves us, He loves us every day. And He wants us to experience His victory through His grace every day of our lives. Let us keep our focus there. He, that grace is greater than our problems. Let's not focus on the problem. Let's, let's focus on His grace. And, and with that, we're going to close in a word of prayer. And yes, Brother John. Amen. That's what, that's what a message like this I would hope would create. Um, God's grace is God's power. Power. I have had for almost 50 years now a condition that uh, uncontrollable body movements. And I went through several years of different kinds of medication before I got on the medicine that I have now that controls it perfectly. Before I got to that medicine and to the doctor that I'm at now, a doctor put me on medicine that unbeknownst to me, and I think even to that doctor, I would go to sleep in the middle of a sentence. So one day I was down at my place in South Texas, driving back in the middle of the day, had my cruise control in that black suburban that you drive, going 75 miles an hour. And it was probably one o'clock during the day, bright, sunshiny day, south of Beeville. I woke up, I had gone to sleep with my cruise control on, nobody in the car for me. God's grace. I woke up on here. I was driving on a two-lane road. I had crossed over into the oncoming lane, crossed on over onto the shoulder of the other side of the road, going 75 miles an hour. When I woke up, of course, I hit my brakes immediately when I saw what was going on. 
all the traffic was stopped in every direction. Now, I didn't have a scratch, nothing happened to me. God's grace. Amen. Amen. I mean, I mean, no telling what was coming, because down in that part of the country, it's nothing but 18 wheelers, hauling pipe, all this stuff. But God took care of me. Mm-hmm. That is God's grace manifested in power yeah. to take care of us when we are absolutely helpless. Amen. That's what he does for us. That's right. And a person that's lost, I would tell him, that's what you're making yourself be without. Simply because you won't say yes to Christ. Amen. Amen. That's exactly what I want to see come about as a result of a message like this. We, we, we started out, is God's power at work in your lives? And his, amen, his power is his grace. And we have it. We have all we need. And he knows exactly, he knows exactly our need of it. And he, he just wants us to acknowledge it. He just wants us to ask him for it. Don't, don't do without any of it, amen. All right. Any other testimony? If not, we're going to close in prayer. All right. God bless you all. Uh, Brock Bullard, would you close our study in a word of prayer tonight?